everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Day three of my takeover of RP3. Jim Gazzolo in with Hannah Five Names. Hannah, I never realized until just now. You get top billing in this show. Why? You get You get billed first. He says... With Hannah and Raymond, it's not. That you is are true. top billing. That is true. I didn't is realize that. Was that, that why you make the big bucks? <laughs> well, I, That's you know, a funny I joke. I just figured. That's a funny joke. If you're, top, if you're top billing, no, you deserve I it. I, 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 was, I, I just love the fact that you have a nickname. I'm going to get into this today. Okay. Nicknames are the key to sports. Do you like nicknames? I mean, yeah, I got one. But well, yes, you do. <laughs> and the reason why you have a good nickname is because there's a story behind the nickname. Yes. So you can't call a guy Fish Face if there's no story behind him actually being either slapped by a fish when he's fishing, or have a face that looks like a fish. You got to have a story behind nicknames. Yeah, that is that's true. all. I just. Just wanted to, and, and you have a story behind five names. I do. But that's going to change. Why? But you're getting married, so you're going to have one name. Yeah, but. Do you change your nickname? No. Okay. I keep, it's, it's like a moniker now. Like, I can't change it. <laughs> it's like a have Is that you, the right have, word? Have Am I saying that? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I feel have like I'm not fully awake to know if I'm really saying the right, you copy, correct vocabulary. Have you written that? No, I feel like I should. You should. Every, hey, that. Pat Riley made tons of money with three-peat, and he never three-peated as a head coach. But he, he copyrighted the, the nickname just in case they did it with the Lakers. So when the Bulls three-peated, when everybody three-peats, Pat Riley makes all the money on the T-shirts. Oh, he makes a portion of the money on the T-shirts. Hmm. I know that. Yes. Brand yourself, young lady. Brand yourself. That's all I can say. Okay. Hey, it's thir- It's Thursday. I've only got one more day to come back in. You going to miss me? No, you're not. Yeah, well, You know what I'm not going to miss? I talk a lot more when you're here, so I'm going to miss you. <laughs> Should I stop? I can yeah. stop you. No, 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 no. Sorry. It's so cool. It's cool. I'll it's tell cool. Raymond to let you talk more. Thank you. You can't never get better if you don't talk. Right. And can't never is a great way to teach how to beat. And yesterday was just terrifying. Why? You were perfect for four minutes. That's what people were telling me. They were like, you did just the greatest totally minutes okay. of, the greatest minutes of sports radio history. It probably was, but you know. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far either, but you were fine. I listened to you. Yeah. And I got to go see McNeese practice. You did. And I got I got I actually got to see a half hour of practice. And and they're they're gonna be interesting. Really? They're gonna here's the thing, since we've got it started now. Here's the thing about the new McNeese is this group of leadership at the school is embracing athletics like never before. They want to be good in athletics before. I don't think the past president could have found the athletic facilities. If you gave him a map of the campus itself, and he could probably see it from his window of his office. Dr. Darabokel played football at McNeese, was a linebacker there, understands McNeese, understands the culture of the town, 
understands the importance of football and athletics in general. And he's using it as a window, or as he calls it, the front porch of the university. He knows that he's watched UL grow. He's watched all these schools grow. And as they win in athletics, academics follows because students want to be a part of something and they get the brand of the university out there. So that's why this is so important for them because they're trying to come off of losing all these students because of the hurricane and the facilities. They've got to revamp their enrollment and they're trying to use sports as a way to say we're back. So it's, that's where this all begins. Now you go to the football field itself for the first time in, I'm going to say for the first time since 2015, when uh, UL assistant now, but was head coach Matt Viator was at McNeese. There's actually a buzz about the football program. Part of that's the fact that we're getting over the hurricanes and we just want a fresh start. But part of it is the fact that there's a direction of the program. We've gone through three coaches that wanted to be somewhere else. Gary Goff is the first coach that wants to be at McNeese State. I just want to retire there. But he's up and coming, and he wants to be there and put his stamp on the program, and then he'll earn his way out. He's not coming down from a, a Division One big school program, an FBS, and saying, where's my next job? And that's the difference between the program right now. You've got somebody looking forward. Uh, I, I like to say is with, with Frank Wilson, there was movement but no direction. Sterling Gilbert, there was confusion and corruption or at least confusion, and with Lance Gidry, there was just disarray. (laughs) There was just offense against defense and everybody kind of going at it. So this is the direction that they're pulling in, and the, the, the players I talked to yesterday, very excited about it. Obviously, the first day, you're always excited. Even had a little scuffle at the end to make it interesting on the first day. So... At 7.30, at 7.30, we're going to talk to Rick Sarah from Lake Charles about McNeese and the Saints and all football. So stay tuned for that. We have Rick Sarah at 7.30. Les Easton, he'll talk Saints. Honey Badger is back. The Honey Badger is back. Now, he doesn't like to be called the Honey Badger anymore. There's your nickname, though. Once you get a nickname like that, you're not going to lose it. Tyra Matthews is back with the Saints and practicing. A positive sight for them. We'll talk a little bit about their rookie tackle, getting into fights every day. (laughs) Three days, three fights. At least he's feisty. At least he's feisty. We'll talk a little bit about that with Les East. And then our own, 832, Kevin Foote gets an extra half hour today because he's our guest to talk UL football and other things. Probably talk a little Astros, too. Uh, Probably he's excited about the Astros. So now it comes down to Hannah's Astro, Hannah's Mariners and Foots Astros. Do you bicker with him about it? I try to, but he's a very bad trash talker. Why? Like I try, I bad? try to like. Wow, why is he? We're a bad like trash trying talker? to talk smack because yeah. we've you know we played against each other at least six times now. Um, well, you're gonna play each other well, 19 times in a year. You know that? I'm not sure if that counted up to 19. But we played him a lot. And so every time we played against him, I go and I'm like, all right, but you're going down. He's like, just don't sweep me. 
What? Just don't sweep me. He's he's got an eleven game lead in the division. That's been his like his his motto all year, all season is just don't sweep me. He's got the second and best record it. in baseball. He swept me twice in all the other series. Well, minus the last one, but every other series before that, the last two we went against them, we beat them two to one in the yeah. series. So we got he got three series. Yeah, he got four series. No, three. I'm, he got I'm, three. I'm, I'm confused as to the. He's got the best team in the division. He's got an eleven game lead. And he's worried about getting swept. Yeah, because oh. he knows our pitch. Our pitching is actually pretty good. He hit. It got better. Me, Foot, and Ray all have said, "Watch out for the Mariners. Don't count them out." Because every year he will go and they're like, "Well, I Mariners don't think sucks, they're, so I don't think they're going to catch him in the division." But the Mariners are. To me, the second biggest winner in the trade deadline. That's our poll question, actually, isn't it? It's not our poll question. You changed poll question. Oh, you changed to the coach's poll question. Yeah, switch. Wow, you switched on me. Well, I gave you two. I got to repost it again. (laughs) I gave you two, and you picked one. That's fine. You picked one. That's fine. Uh, But you had like five at first. We had five poll questions? What I feel like? We kept pulling out different questions every time. Wow. Well, so hopefully somebody will, somebody will answer one poll question. But no, okay. Since we're starting on that, baseball-wise, the Astros last night didn't get swept by the Red Sox. Astros have not played great baseball the last two weeks. They had lost six out of nine going into yesterday. One last night over, or one yesterday afternoon over Boston. Uh, but they did get a two-run homer from Trey Mancini, who I think is a huge pickup for them. A huge deadline pickup. But nobody did more, besides the Padres, who astronomically changed their whole franchise in one day. I don't think anybody did better than you, the Mariners, getting Luis Castillo. And he proved it yesterday when he went into Yankee Stadium and beat the Yankees 7-3. to giving the Mariners two out of three wins over the Yankees, who also revamped their team, and t- telling everybody, this is our new game st- one starter. And this is the standard we're going to have. So I, they're, they're going to be a player now in the playoffs, I think, that before they weren't, because the one guy they have the ace to count on. So you should be very happy about your Mariners. As for the White Sox, they won a second game in a row, but didn't do anything at trade deadline, so they're dead. <laughs> it's just the, the way it is when you're a White Sox fan. But Astros fans, Trey Mancini's a big pickup. He's there to help win you a series, probably against the Yankees. He's there because he knows the Yankees. He's done well against the Yankees. Now you got to make sure you get to the Yankees. You know, you can only do that. You're gonna have to go. Somebody's gonna have to beat Seattle in the second, in the first round between the Yankees and the Astros, I believe, because the Yankees and Astros are gonna get buys. And once you give them the buy, okay, Seattle then has to play a series. I think they will now win the first round series. Now, who gets them? Do you avoid them and play somebody? Lesser, or do you get them? And baseball, it's not set up like football to where, because of all the things that can happen, you you want to avoid teams in that as much. But he's a scary guy, Luis Castillo, as far as facing him. 
I wouldn't want to face him twice in a series. That's all. If you got to face him twice in a five-game series, it's going to be tough to win. So, kudos to the Mariners, your Mariners. Nobody, like, now, let's not kid ourselves. The Padres went crazy. You get Juan Soto. You get Josh Bell. You get Brandon Drury. You had already just gotten a pitcher. I mean, you got Josh Hader the day before. They are loaded to make a run at the Dodgers. I don't know if they can do it in the regular season, but they are absolutely loaded to do it in the playoffs. They have now said, they've told everybody we are spenders beyond belief, and we believe we can win a World Series. I don't know. But uh, it, it's fun to watch teams that actually go for it from a perspective as a White Sox fan because we never do. We sit there with a team that should be able to win and say we'll be happy with a division title and we'll see you down the road. You got you to gotta play against a big – you're either playing for a championship, a world championship, or you're not. And we saw four or five teams that were on trade deadline, including the Astros, and we saw a lot of teams that weren't. And that's the difference. Even the Twins went out and made three trades. The Twins. So, give us a call on 337-706-0111 in our game hotline. We'll be back. Uh, this is the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for LSU Tigers and those Houston Astros. RP3 is the epitome of a high roller, constantly making large bets. But by doing that, the minimum bet is a dollar for a win, a dollar for a place, a dollar for a show. So it's essentially a $3 bet. That netted me a cool $6.70. What? Okay, so he's not a risk taker. He's your best bet for sports talk. 19. Hit me. 20. Hit me. 21. Hit me. 22. Don't! Now, back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The game clubhouse at 103thegame.com and 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of the Rewards Club, you will have an opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cap's Caprice Bayou or a $50 gift certificate at Arcadiana Bar and Grill or a $25 gift certificate at Mabel's Kitchen. You can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So sign up today. Okay, Hannah, lots of excitement with the Saints. Tyron Matthew comes back. Practice is exciting. They won't tell us what happened, why he wasn't there. He didn't speak to the media, but they said they're happy to have him back, and everybody says he looked like he was participating well. <laughs> little surprised he didn't talk to the media afterwards because he's been gone for a week. But in other news <laughs> with the Saints, what do you make of left tackle rookie Trevor Penning getting into fights three days in a row and getting thrown out of practice? Have you ever seen a, co a high schooler or, co or a, 
of football practice on a high level where guys get into fights all the time. It's usually not the same guy every day. But Saints head coach Dennis Allen says, we like the competition, we like the fiery, but he's got to learn how to compete. Do you make a big deal out of a guy getting into a fight three days in a row? I mean, I would because, I mean, yeah, it shows that they're feisty, as you said earlier. But, I mean, dude, really? You got to work. Down. The, the big concern is obviously, does he take that into games and start getting 15 yard penalties? Yeah, we don't need those. So if he need, if he's going to do that during games, you need to stop now. That's so. a, that's that's my only big concern. One fight, ah, maybe even two fights, but three days in a row with the the same guy getting into it, a uh, little troubling, especially a rookie. I know he's trying to make himself a name, trying to make himself a team, show he belongs, but you got to calm it down a little bit. And this is a Saints team that has pretty good aspirations as long as they don't make mistakes. I think the offense, and this is a big thing about their offense, if they hold on to the football and if they don't kill themselves with penalties, especially dumb personal foul penalties, holding penalties, then they have a chance because I don't see them as being the team of the past that can go out and score 30, 35 points. Drew Brees isn't there. I think they've got some weapons but I'm not sure they got enough weapons. They're a defensive-oriented team now. Dennis Allen's a defensive coach. I think that's what he's going to want. You can't have a guy running around and costing you 15 yards. Yeah. I mean, even uh, looking at the what he said yesterday, like Dennis Allen, he said they have no time for fights. Yeah, we no. don't have time for that. You know, and so, you know, I sent two guys in today, and uh, we got to get our work done. So we got to learn. We got to learn as a team how to compete and how to play and how to practice, all right, and push ourselves to the limit but yet not take it over the edge. Yeah, I mean, that's – Yeah. You, no. you have to learn. <laughs> but I, I'm wondering, you know, he's been – he's obviously been in camps. Penning's obviously been in camps and big college camps. Didn't he know that? And do you really want to put that much focus on yourself as a rookie? Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's a concerning thing a little bit is you're a rookie. Yeah, that's what makes me nervous. It's like, like, why, bud? Like, why, it's your bud? first year in the big, you know, in the NFL. Yeah. Like, why would I? Don't, I, I get to the, me. You want to say someone under the radar? Yeah. But you want to say on the radar a little bit for good reason, not no, you, for bad reason. I, look, I don't mind the one game, the one day they fight, because you you're trying to establish yourself. People probably pick it on you a little bit because you're a rookie, maybe taking some shots at you. Like, I, that's fine. But three days in a row. That's where it gets into a little bit troubling, and you don't want that to become you don't want that to become your reputation around the league because then the referees start looking at you, right? And if they start looking at you, they football's easy. They find a penalty on every play if they want to. There's a there's a penalty. There's probably multiple penalties on every play. Don't give them a reason to single you out. That's what you want to do, and you don't want to do that with head coaches either. But the Saints, otherwise, if Michael Thomas comes through. We don't know what Elvin Kamara's situation is going to be. It looks like it's not going to be that big of a deal. (laughs) It keeps getting pushed back further, further, and further. So maybe he doesn't miss any games this year. I mean, he might not, but I think he just has to to realize, like, if you're getting talked about by a coach, like, hey, you don't have time for fights, and it's more of like a broad subject, but you know that it's me talking about you. I think you need to realize it's not doing what you're Don't doing. make it about yourself. Don't stand out 
stand out because of your play, not because of your actions. Yes. Make sure you play it out of the field. But that, this is – there's a lot of hope for the Saints this year. I don't think Tampa Bay is as good as it's been. I don't think uh, – obviously Atlanta isn't very good. I don't think Carolina is going to do much. Carolina is interesting. I don't know what Baker Mayfield really brings them, but uh, they're they're an interesting core because they might be able to do something, but I just don't see it. I don't see Baker Mayfield as the guy that rally to rally around. So really, it's a two team division, and if it's a two team division, Saints are right there, and not just for a wild card. So, right now we got Darren on the line. Darren, you there? Yes, how you doing? Hey, thanks for calling. What, what's your take? Yeah, I would like to make a comment about what y'all talking about. And, and I've seen a video right before the draft where Pennon, uh was getting tossed around by smaller guys in, like, a, a camp. So, I want to know if anything with him catching the attitude and fighting with other players has to do with him getting tossed around by defensive guys. Of course, they're not going to say it, but... Uh, him having an attitude and people trash talking with him might have something to do with that. So uh, I, I just want to say I'm just trying to connect the dots and add up something like that, you know? And yeah, well, see if- that's a possibility is that um, he, he's coming in and he's a little frustrated and people are taking advantage of him. That's always a possibility. He's trying to, you know, trying to, he's trying to establish himself. He's a first round pick. He's trying to establish himself. And if he's getting pushed around a little bit in practice, yeah, he'll fight back. But he's yeah, got he's got to learn. He's got to learn it. He's got to learn. Yeah, I didn't think it was a good draft pick. I was showing people videos of uh, him getting pushed around by guys that was like two twenty and two fifteen, like in a, in a combine. Like in, I see. I, I didn't say it on the air or anything, but I see it, it wouldn't. It wasn't a good draft pick. He, he, he was he was getting manhandled. Well, that's and, not good. <laughs> yeah, it, he, he was getting manhandled. Well, we'll we'll, we'll see how he comes. I mean, there's you do pick uh, in the NFL. Sometimes you pick for need, and sometimes you pick for best man on the board. They may have thought he's the best guy for the need they have to have to fill. It may be, and maybe he's a project for him. Hey, uh, if, if if I could find this video again, I mean, he was getting manhandled. So I, I'm gonna just <laughs> leave it at that. We'll see how it goes from there. Well, we'll see if he learns. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. thanks, Darren, for the call. Well, that's right. there's a guy not happy with the pick. <laughs> he's not always not surprised. He's 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 working, so he's getting pushed around on video. So that that might be a hey, that could be a huge part of it. And they're not going to come out and say that. But if you observe practice, you would know: is he handling himself? Is he being frustrated? Uh, those are two very important things that he's got to. They're going to need the offensive line, and he's a part of the depth they're hoping to establish. So. This is the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. Uh, Jim Gazzola back hour number one is still underway. It's 630. It just feels 
like it's 7.30, 8.30, 9.30 to me. I missed an hour yesterday. The game, uh, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with the latest Astros weekend getaway. The red-hot Astros, Houston Astros looking to win the division. Take on the Baltimore Orioles on Saturday, August 27th, and you can be there. Register in the game clubhouse to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations for that Saturday night. Astros Weekend Getaway is powered by Butcher AC, La Meridian Hotel, Houston Downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Hannah, what's our poll question? All right, so our poll question of the day is which coach will have a harder first year? For McNeese, Gary Goff. For Louisiana, Michael Desermo. LSU, Brian Kelly, or Saints, Dennis Allen. Right right now, leading our vote is at 43%. We have Louisiana, Michael Desarmo. We have at 36%, LSU, Brian Kelly. 14% McNeese for Gary Goff. And only 7% for the Saints, Dennis Allen. Oh. Now, the the interesting question is how it was phrased. It wasn't who will have the best year. It wasn't who's going to win the most games. You uh, said it as who's going to have the toughest. Yep. Okay, what does that mean, though? Does that mean worst record? Does that mean worst with the media? Does that mean trying to change? All four guys have four completely different jobs. That's what's interesting about this. Gary Goff has to build and get a team ready to go to FBS. Mm-hmm. So he has two folds and reignite a program that people have kind of forgotten about. Coach D has this disdain, a winning program, keep it on the right pace and keep it going in the right direction and not lose that step that they've gained. Not that they're going to go 11-1, and one, but he has to make sure that – Kind of the engine still runs well. Yes. Dennis Allen has to pick up pieces from Sean Payton, replace a famous coach, probably a Hall of Fame coach, and also do that with a new quarterback. Re Kind of reintroduce some people with Michael Thomas. He's got a lot of personalities to play with in that locker room and reintroduce them. And Brian Kelly has to win over a fan base that isn't sure about him because of him coming from the North, coming from Notre Dame, take and at the same time reestablish LSU as an elite football program in the country. Six and six doesn't do it. So they all have four very unique jobs. So toughest time, if I were voting, um, I, I think Brian Kelly's going to have the toughest time. I think he's got a lot of things because he's got to establish, he's got to not only take down an established program and kind of rework it into his way. But he's also got to find a way to fit in to a community that has expected certain things from their coaches and expected their coaches to be certain ways. It's, you know, you're coming from Ed Ogeron, who they loved. Now, forget about the year and all that's happened, but they, they loved him as a personality. And they embraced him, and he was one of their own. And he's he's a guy that, you know, He's he's a he's a guy that's gonna eat gumbo and play around and talk the way he talks. 
and be very engaging. And Brian Kelly's a little more buttoned down, a little more suit and tie, and we'll see. <laughs> I, it's a that's a great question though. I tried because it's <laughs> it's coming up with who is going to struggle the most is saying we kind of expect all of them to struggle somewhat. Yeah, well, they all have they all have their own challenges. They're all having something wrong, you know. Something is not the same as it used to be. So well, they're they trying wouldn't to be re- there if you know, everything was great, it. right? Except, except UL because he takes over a program because Billy Napier was promoted in the college football world because they were so good. So he might have the most. He, he's probably going to be given a little more time because of that, but also. He's got the highest standard to follow right now. Right. The other ones can kind of say, hey, we didn't make the playoffs last year. We weren't very good last year. We weren't as good as we want to be. So they're kind of, maybe they get a year to excel the program back up. Whereas there's going to have a lot of people saying if he goes, you know, he goes eight and four. Well, that's good, but you weren't 11 and one. (laughs) That's, that's the nature of the business. Right. And that's losing like. Half your players, and that's and he's lost a lot of players, and he lost a lot of his coaching staff, right? Because Billy Napier took a lot of them. Now he, I mean, he kept, Billy Napier he took some. the videographer. I don't know why he had to take the videographer. But he took the videographer. From he here. likes pictures. Why, uh, why Billy know. Napier did? Yeah. B- because the guy wanted to go to Florida. It's more so money. Yeah, does it take the? I don't know. Well, don't don't think of it as he took the guy from him. He offered the guy a job. If if you were him and somebody could give you the same job, making more money and and working in the SEC, you gotta take that job. Yeah. That's how that Hannah, that's how sure. the game is played. Yeah, I know. The big fish eats the little fish. If you <laughs> this is it, now, now you just you just right there you just showed me you were more of a <laughs> McNeese like fan than I've ever seen. Because they believe that coaches should have gone to McNeese and that was the end-all, be-all. Or UL should be the end-all, be-all. No, there's a coaching ladder. Yeah. And you are you are a rung on the ladder, and you got to accept, if you're UL, you got to accept you're going to get guys that are coming up and want to go to the big big schools. If you're McNeese, you got to accept you got guys coming up, probably from Division Two. The best way to go is Division Two. Move up. Let them go. Now, I mean, to me, if Gary Goff spends three, I'm not saying this happens, but he spends three or four years makes McNeese a winner and goes to UL or goes to Tulane or goes to a school like that, which is the next rung, that's that's a win for both. That is what you want to have happen if you're a program like McNeese. If you're a program like UL, you want your guy to win – and be Billy Napier and go to Florida. Yeah, you'd love him to stay, but realistically, millions of dollars are going to call him at one level if he does his job right. And then you just have to accept that you got to bring in the new guy and have him do the same thing. Yeah. Ah, but you don't like that, do you? No. I, I can tell right there I you like want your coach. guy to stay forever. <laughs> yeah, what I kept saying all, all the year that he's been here, he always like, there's nothing that could get me to leave this school. I'm going to be here for a long time. And then stay. He left us. 
I only let it be okay <laughs> that he went to Florida because that's where the fiance at that's his alum is Florida. So I was like, you know what? If he's gonna go anywhere, he can go to Florida in the SEC because then you know I still have to watch him because Kenneth. But that's the nature of the game. Yeah. You're, you're you're getting upset about <laughs> you're getting upset. I'm about not the upset. Order. I'm fine. If the okay, <laughs> if the biggest radio station in New York City mm-hmm. called you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I said, Hannah, we love what you're doing in Lafayette. You've been winning for years. You've grown as much as you can grow at that station. We're going to triple your salary. We're going to give you exposure like never before. And we want you to live here. Would you go? I mean, it's New York, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's Florida. <laughs> it's the yeah. Big Ten. It's the SEC. It's. Yeah, it's the next. It's uh, for for Gary Goff. It's the Sun Belt. It's the next step. Okay, so <laughs> we have some comments on our poll question. So Ton on Twitter says, "I say Kelly because of the unrealistic expectations fans tend to have." Oh, Dez yeah. is a close second for the same reason, due to the unprecedented success of the last few seasons. Goff will settle in fairly quickly, and Allen has a pro squad. If pro squad, if that sounds weird, talent for days. Uh, JBK the OD says easily UL UL had the most success last year, so there's nowhere to go but down. The other three had mediocre years last year, so they're easily an upside. And then he has a gif of oh, I don't know what player this is number ninety four of the Saints. He's dancing with the sensations. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry guys, but there's too a, many players to know all of there? them. Yes. And then John Paul Cajun Daddy says Dez has the biggest challenge to face and the boots to fill. While Darren replied back to him and says Kelly has two to three years before he gets the boot. I, there is a, <laughs> no, a lot to unpack there. That is an LSU fan right there because I have talked to a lot of LSU fans that already have Kelly on the clock. I think it's because they didn't. Not everyone. Who did they want? I don't know who they wanted, but. Did they want Lincoln Riley? Maybe. Maybe they wanted Jimbo. It, I don't know. Jimbo. Jimbo abused think, LSU for extra money. I think what I think LSU fans want is you want someone that's already going to be in the culture. It's going to be your guy. Like, you want to have that immediate reaction. You will have that immediate reaction with your coach. They're like, ah, no, he's not going to be here for very long because they're not – like, when you're around somebody, they like get all anywhere in Lafayette. You can come from somebody in Lafayette or in Karen Crow or maybe in Lake Charles. I don't go to Lake Charles very often. But, like, this part, like, Southwest, South Louisiana is just a very much a, I am going to be your best friend in two minutes because we shared, like, a beer in common or, like, yes, we had the yeah, same yeah, little yeah, tiny backstory. The, cul- the, the, so, the culture of the area. So I think because – he didn't immediately fit into the culture and they wanted to find, they didn't, yes, they didn't have the person they wanted in mind, didn't get the job. They want to immediately find a way to judge him in some way. So yes, he did mix together all of the accents he's ever had because when you go to a certain place, your accent does change. Like I didn't say, you yeah. know, I didn't call people babe and baby and shit. I didn't say all that before I got here. That took the last four years of being here in, you know, in Lafayette for me to say any of those things. Because though I was in Slidell and I'm in Louisiana, so we're all very sweet to each other. We're always, we were, we were somewhat of a nice state. 
that I, <laughs> nice some state. people are mean. Nice some people state. are well, very wait minute, mean. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, but here's the thing. I, I know what you're saying. I, I hear this. I came from California, so I'm completely different on this. I understand what you're saying. And and I've told I told McNeese people this 10 years ago. I'm being serious. I told them 10 years ago. You can't you have to and and coach and Burkell and he he Schroer, the athletic director there. I used to use a saying called you have to un-McNeese McNeese. In other words, you can't just keep saying next man up mentality because what you're getting is next man up same mentality. You have to if you're going to go 6 and 6, you're going to go 5 and 7. You have to break that cycle by bringing something in different. And that all that means is it doesn't mean you're giving up on your culture. It doesn't mean you're giving up on everything you're doing. What it means is we need new ideas because our ideas are being passed by. Look, LSU went out, got Nick Saban from Michigan State. He won a national title. They went out and they got uh, Les Miles from Oklahoma State. He won a national title. They got Ed Ogeron from within the system. He won a national title. They can win a national title in certain ways, but if there's nobody on your staff, it is a great thing to go out and bring a more diverse, a more interesting group in so that you can grow as a community, so you can grow with ideas, so that you bring in other ideas that an area can embrace as their own. That's how you change cultures and you win with those cultures. When you consistently go, I'm not saying – Coach D is wrong for, for doing it. If you got a guy there and can continue the, a path and you're winning, that's great. But when you're not winning, it's not a bad thing to cut the cord and say, right. let's go. And, and, that's, and that's, that's what Brad Kelly did. And yeah. oh, by the way, the person that I was looking at doing the dancing and the, the, the gif, it was Camp Jordan. Sorry, guys. I, <laughs> I don't know. I can tell you players on a team because I mean, you know their numbers. Well, when you said 94, I knew who it was. I just thought yeah, you were saying I, 94 I, as if it, you knew it yeah, was no, Camp Jordan. Mm-hmm. You didn't even say that because <laughs> I just thought you were saying, I'm so close to Camp Jordan, I just call him 94. Oh, yeah. We're, we, th- we're, we're posse. We're, we're, we're a posse <laughs> we're together. We're a posse. Um. So when you, get to, when you get to that point about uh, – I'm. If McNeese would have gone and just gone with the next McNeese person up, I would have been very disappointed. They went out. If you look at them now, their softball coach came from McNeese. Their baseball coach came from Monroe. Their basketball coach was on the, was on He Schroer's system, but Schroer came from Brigham Young and all over the place. Uh, their women's basketball coach came from Portland State. Gary Goff came from Valdesta State. They have diversified their coaching staff to where they are now recruiting nationally because they've got those connections. It's great to have local kids, but there's not enough local kids to win all the time. You've got to embrace other kids. Yeah, and I think think that all the teams did them right. I think if you're doing – if your program was doing well and then you left and you got a new coach – then if your new coach is somewhere from outside and you're not doing – wow – Hold up. So, if your program <laughs> is doing well, I think promoting within is a yeah. good sign. Is a good thing. I don't think promoting within when you're not having a great yes, season because that, something is obviously it. not going right for your program to not succeed, whether it be just because the town of the players just isn't enough in the exactly. competition you're with. I agree. Or it could just be the coaching itself, not coaching the things that they need to do to yeah. be able to win against the other competitors in their division, in their conference. So, yes, I think, you know, Schroer did good getting golf. I think that 
UL did well by well, Maggie did well by bringing up Desert Mode yeah. instead of finding somebody else. Because yeah, UL the Cajuns have had a great couple of seasons. Like I, I've watched them play. I've been well, at you're the games. Rewar- you're rewarding success in the program. You're right. rewarding doing well. You can't right. reward not doing well. Yeah, because like Ed Ed Ogeron, yes, he probably could have been you know he's a good guy to have like you know he's probably gonna have a beer with him or whatever as like a random fan hanging out with the coach, but they're. That can be all good and well, but if you're not winning, then what's that? That's, you, that's what you that's, want. That's what, that's you it. want to win. You want to have a a winning record. You want to be able to go to playoffs or go to championships. You want to have all that change. You can't do that if you're not having a coach that's doing it right. Be stable when you're winning. Blow it up when you're losing. Blow it up big time and right. blow it up I as mean, quick as you can. It's like what Foot says. He was like, you know, most times if you find like in, in Major League Baseball, you've seen it happen with almost every single team. You fire your coach, you start winning again because yep. obviously you, they were you, doing something and you, wrong. And you go get a guy. You go get a guy if you're a players coach. You go get a tough guy. If you have a tough guy, you go get a players coach. One zero three seven. The game Lafayette. One zero four one Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We'll be back. We're back. Final minutes of hour number one. Hannah trying to defend her state. There you go. Trying to defend her state. That was an interesting topic because part of our poll question, and we want to hear from you, 1337-706-0111. That's 1337-706-0111, the game hotline. Give us a call. I already had one call from Darren. Love to hear you jump into the debate about coaching, mainly because I want to hear what you think about the hires. Were you in for Brian Kelly? Were you in for Gary Goff? Like, Charles, it's here. Are you happy with Gary Goff? Are you happy with Coach D here at UL? Are you happy with Brian Kelly? Are you happy with Dennis Allen? Who else did you want? Do you want Sean Payton to go to the Cowboys? It's a coaching carousel this morning. I mean, it is. I mean, it is. <laughs> we, have nine new, we have nine new college Division I coaches in the state of Louisiana. That's a lot. That is from Southern... Grambling both have they both have new coaches. Uh La Tech has a new coach. Monroe has a new coach. You're gonna make me name all seven? Yeah. All nine or whatever. Uh well the other LSU. Six. Okay. Uh UL. UL, McNeese. Two That's more. seven. Uh <laughs> okay. does Tulane? Does Tulane have one? I don't know. They're gonna have to, otherwise we only have seven. Dennis Allen makes eight, I guess. I thought there was nine. So I'd have to look at Tulane football. (laughs) Um, Otherwise, I am completely. uh, I would say we had seven. I thought it was. I thought it was. At one time, it was seven, and Goff was the last one tired. Yeah. So uh, that that's kind of where I got this from. Um, We'll be sure on that answer next. We will will come up with it. One zero three seven Lafayette. The game one zero three one zero four one Lake Charles. We'll be back after the break. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Hour number two, 
for RP3 and Company in the morning. I'm Jim Gazzolo. Hannah, five names is with me. Hannah getting a little aggressive on the coaching and wanting to stay at home. That's all I'm going to say. Protecting your community. That's what you were doing. I mean, I am. The little mama cub came out there. The little mama cub came out. I mean, you know what? It's okay. It's all right. Maybe frustrated. Don't don't apologize. Defend. Don't apologize. Defend and attack. Defend and attack. (laughs) That's what I say. Don't apologize. No back. No step backward. We're just having fun here without Ray. Ray will be back Monday, I take it. Is uh, that true? I think so. I assume so. If not, I don't know what I'm going <laughs> to do. If not, who's in here Monday? It's a really good question. Well, you did five minutes on your own yesterday. You I can do did. You can do a whole show. Oh, good. Yeah, I mean, this is going to do three I'm doing hours. Three hours is good. Yeah. I yeah. fake it. I fake it when I come in here. Do you? Well, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Right fun. here first, guys. <laughs> look, I gotta, look I gotta get up at three. I get up at three thirty in the morning because I get I get so anxious that I can't even wait for the alarm because I'm afraid of what I'm gonna say and do. Now I don't mind when I mess up, like on the reads and that. Yeah. I, I have fun with that. I just want to make sure we have enough topics. And there's yeah. always I look down. There's nine topics. There's always topics to talk about in sports. And I, I have an opinion on everything, as probably people know. But uh, just keeping it rolling and getting people to call in. I, I call fear no one's line. listening. I fear no one hears. I, I shout, but no one hears. Hold up. I yell, look, fire, I yell fire in the studio and no one leaves. <laughs> what all, give us a call at 1-337-706-0111. I want to hear what you think about college football and the coaching staffs. Are you in love with Brian Kelly? Do you like Coach D? What do you think of Gary Goff? Brian Kelly's first practice is today. Yeah. Interesting thing about Brian Kelly. So today. is you will. Yes. yes, it is. The interesting thing about Brian Kelly, I think, and I, I can't remember it. I think this is the first time I can remember media being able to view the practice. Oh, they did last year, didn't they? No, you you had times you could view it. Oh. And that, but and it wasn't open. The, the, I think they're it's open. It's all open. That, well, today's is I'm curious as to what he does that. That is an open access. McNeese's practices are now open. I like open practice because it shows me you're not, how do we say, paranoid someone's going to steal your tape. Close it if you got something special, but otherwise, leave it open. Brian Kelly starts his, I think, pretty tough job at LSU. He's following a guy people loved who won a national championship. I think he has a very tough job filling those shoes. Went to McNeese's practice yesterday, saw energy, saw enthusiasm, saw a lot of bodies. 110 bodies at McNeese's football practice yesterday. Way up from the hurricane days, way up from a lot of things. Um, So that's interesting to see how the numbers were, and bigger bodies. McNeese was much bigger. Than before. Right now, we got Doug on the hotline. Doug, you there? Good morning, it's Manny. How you doing? Hey, hey, how's it going? This is Manny. Manny? Not Doug. Manny. Oh, Manny. Yeah. All right. Patrol and Hannah. She. I, I've been off. I've been gone. I've been away so long. She doesn't recognize me anymore. I'm 
you know, you know how it goes. Oh yeah. Listen, well, they, want, they forget about you I quickly, want, Manny. They forget about yeah, you quickly. Oh yeah. I mean as soon as you know, it takes a day. You know, in a day you you're long gone. Three wins uh, three wins and the three wins and LSU fans will not remember Brian or not remember uh oh gosh, Ed Ogeron. <laughs> I forgot Ed Ogeron. <laughs> well, I don't know if we can forget Coach O, but anyway, uh I I, I think that, you know, I don't I don't see any negative aspect to Coach Kelly. I I just don't I, I haven't understood any of the fit things, and any you know I don't I don't buy that. I just don't see how he won't be successful. I, I don't think thirty-two, three years of winning. Uh, I, I don't understand any negative negativity. So I'm very much in on the Kelly hire, because there's uh, I coached uh, when against Kelly hire when he was playing and. Coach against him when he was coach, that's a great guy, super guy, uh, and hope tremendously that he is very successful. I just think it, it, it's, you know, it's obviously it's a bit of a risk because we really don't have anything to go on. You know, yeah. uh, that's just my take on the coach Dez hire. But uh, uh, just a tremendous young man and, and wishing him every success. Uh, I have to say I don't know that much about the rest of the the guys, but those two, uh, that's my take. I'm listening. I'm enjoying the show. And uh, who knows when Ray will be back. You know, you, you can't. It's hard, to, it's hard to keep Ray under control. Yeah. Y'all have a great day. All right. Thank you, Manny. <laughs> Throw, throwing Ray under the bus a little bit. <laughs> All I right, mean, I, the man's I, only been here for two days the past three weeks. Well, he's busy. Well, he's busy. He was gone. I okay. Manny obviously is a, is an LSU fan. I'm going to say this about Brian Kelly. The only thing I don't like about Brian Kelly is he came saying I couldn't win a national championship at Notre Dame, and I I have to go to LSU to win a national championship. I get it. I get the academics and all that. I under, I understand, but. You've been in the playoffs a couple of years. You were fifth in the country at the time. To say you can't win and can't recruit at Notre Dame, I don't like the word can't. Just say, except I went to LSU because I wanted the challenge of the SEC, and I got a lot of money. <laughs> and I want to I take my thing, and I want to compete against the best. I would have loved that better than the other. How's that? That, that, that that's, that's And that's... Very ticky. I understand that's very ticky. Plus, I'm a Notre Dame fan. I don't feel like he left us. He did what he was paid to do. And I, I think you move on. That's fine. Um, that, that that never bothers. Coaches leaving never bothers me. Players leaving doesn't bother me. You have to do what's best for you. If you build a culture and a program that can sustain those types of things, people don't want to leave, though. That's all. I do think that he should be a little more grateful to Notre Dame because they kept it when it was four and eight. He goes four and eight in year three at LSU. He isn't getting year four. No. I'll make it. <laughs> he did get that at Notre Dame. They did stick with him through some hard times. But that being said, he moved on, got a lot of money to do it. It's kind of funny though, because I think Notre Dame's gonna end up in the Big Ten. And when they end up in the Big Ten, they may be the the Big Ten's going to be 
I know SEC fans are down here. Big Ten with L- with USC, UCLA. A Big Ten may be the best conference in the country here soon. I, I'm 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 just saying that. Uh, I wonder if Texas and Oklahoma are saying, "Yeah, maybe we should look the other way a little bit." Uh, this is a this is an interesting time in college football. Brian Kelly wants to go against the best. Let's see what he does. Let's see if he can take LSU to the next level. This is not a – but LSU fans, you're only a couple years removed from the national championship. You're not in desperate waters here. Let's remember that. Brian Kelly starts his practices officially today. Coach Dez starts his practices officially today. McNeese gets its second practice underway today. Great time for college sports. That's all I'm going to say. I love college football. I love this time of year because this is the time of year where everybody has a chance at a national championship. Uh, now we have we actually do have Doug on the line now, right? Doug, Doug, you hey, there? Jim. Hey, Jim. How you doing, Doug? Good, man. Listen, uh, Brian Kelly's hands were tied a little bit up there in Notre Dame. Now, uh, every year, just, except for a couple – He's had a winning season. He brought his team to the playoffs a couple of times. So I, I respect Coach Brian, and I, I don't expect him to, to do wonders this year. Uh, look at Coach Joe. Coach Joe went to a championship his second year. Or was it, was it his third? I'm not sure. But he caught lightning in a bottle that year. And because of the, uh, the transfer portal, Getting a hold of Joe, I mean, that was that well. He was, was actually pre. He was actually pre portal. Joe was pre portal. Yeah, yeah. I think you're seeing more and more these days of, of of teams that are really doing well because of uh, athletes that are transferred over. Yeah. you know, from a lower level or wherever. But listen, I don't expect Coach Bryant to perform wonders this year. If we can get a winning season, a 500 season, I'll be happy. Uh, and, and we're only going to have one year with, with this quarterback, Miles, if he lasts the whole year. So, <laughs> who knows? We'll, we'll see what he can do this year in preparing for the, the next year afterwards. All right. Playing in the SEC for your first year, it's always tough. It is tough. It is tough. It All is. right. Thank you, Doug. Thank you. I appreciate the call. Uh, yeah, look, I'm not against Brian Kelly. He has a great resume. He has a winning resume. He has a championship resume. I just uh, I just didn't like the fact that he said I couldn't win. I wanted to win. Just say I wanted to go to the next job. That's all. Not a not a big deal there. I think he'll do well here. Will he win national championships? I think the national championship picture is going to become a lot more difficult in the next couple of years. I think as the playoffs expand, it'll be easier to get in, but I think the competition in there will be tougher. The the Big Ten getting all these teams is, is going to be really interesting to see how and who plays and survives so that when we have a final picture of how many teams are actually in the playoff pictures, what divisions they become, what division looks what what football bowl championship division looks like. If you have a 12-team, you know, some people ask me, does a 12-team playoff make it easier to win a championship or harder? I think it makes it harder to win because you've got to beat good teams all the way through more. You've got to win another round, maybe two rounds. But it does make it easier to get in. So the question becomes, are you playing to get into 
the playoff or are you playing for a national championship? And that that's almost like baseball. Are you playing to win a division or on trading deadline are you playing for a championship? And we have become winning a, a conference title no longer seems to matter much to people. It's think, winning a national championship. I think it matters a little bit, but I don't think it matters as, like I said, as a championship. I think if you're a team that's like not as good, like you're – you're still have a winning record. I think yeah. there you're mainly wanting to just get in the playoffs. So yeah, I think having a twelve team playoff will then make it easier for people to get in, but it'll make them still work harder because then your first goal is gonna be to get into that playoff. Yeah, well you have to yeah. And then from there you're like, Okay, well we did this once, we're gonna keep doing it now, we need to sustain that and now we wanna go and get go for a championship. That's like what that's what like my team's doing, like the Mariners. We I've had this really long drought of being in the playoffs. Yes, you have. So our goal this year is to get to the playoffs. And right now, the way we're going, winning two out of three to the Yankees, I think that's a push to like, okay, we're trying to get to this playoff, and that's our main goal. If we make a run in the playoffs, that you know, that's you know, that's Latlania, that's extra we can get. But I think the next year and the years to come, you're going to still try to sustain that success. Like, hey, we did this with this young, this young talent. Now they're you know they're getting better. They're having growth. Now we want to go for, you know, the World Series. We want to win the championship. That's, I think, what most teams are doing is you want to get into the playoffs, continue to do that, and then you sustain to try to get the championship. So I think I, you I, I, the take that to college football. Yeah. How many years does Alabama, if Alabama didn't win the championship last year, how many years does he get to make the playoffs but not win? What if he, got, what if he doesn't win for five years in the national championship, but he makes the playoffs? Is, is it different in foot college football is what I'm saying. Um, I think it's or is it a just different little in Alabama? different. I think yes, that's different in Alabama, <laughs> um, for sure. But I think for college football, it's a little bit different. The fact that yes, if you were going to the playoffs and winning a championship in college football, I think it's a little bit different than doing it in like Major League Baseball or even in the NFL, mm-hmm. because you do want to get into the playoffs every year. That's a good thing. But if you're still not seeing that that coach can put the team over the edge to win the championship for football, that's yeah. when you're like, okay, well, where do we go from here? Like, I well, don't know. If I, like, that, are you a good is, key, but you're not the key we need? That's the question is, is are you LSU fans going to be happy making the playoffs in two years? Yeah. But how many years does he get then to win a national championship on top right. of that? And that, that's a different thing. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. We'll be back. RP3 is known across Acadiana as a master of the English language. You look at all the guys that they got. Clinton Anukoraru. Oof. And I don't know how to pronounce this young man's name. TJ Falola. More like a master of broken English, that is. They also added an inside linebacker, Casey Wasawi. These names are killing me, man. I even practiced <laughs> last night. Me fail English? That's impossible. Now back to that silky smooth delivery of RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Jim Gazzolo back, our number two. Hey, folks, the game clubhouse at 1037thegame or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. I needed this a long time ago. That's because once you become a member of the Rewards Club, 
you will have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou or $50 gift certificate to Acadiana Bar and Grill or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. But you can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free, it's simple, so sign up today. Jim Gazzolo in for Raymond Parts Third, our leader RP3. Mr. Steal all the awards, as I like to call him, because he had such a good showing at the award show recently on all levels. Hannah, all levels. Yet he gives you top billing on this show. That's not bad. And I still did, like I tell you, I'm like being for real. I did not realize that until like today. Really? Even though like I listen to it and I say it with it, you know, in silence because no one wants to hear me sing. Um, All right. I still didn't realize that I was being first, and that actually was a good thing. <laughs> I want to touch. <laughs> I want to touch on a subject real quick that uh, does have Saints tentacles, shall we say? Um, Deshaun Watson, the NFL will appeal. The suspension handed down by a judge that they kind of said, let's go this system. So, in other words, the NFL is now appealing an arbitrator's ruling when they gave it to the arbitrator in the first place. So, in a way, aren't they appealing their own sentence? I'm getting confused by this. I I don't know anymore. And we're going to open up a lot of problems if they – if. The NFL. Who are they appealing it to? Are they that? I, I haven't read yet. Who exactly gets here's the appeal? Does the NFL now take over the appeal? That's a and good if question. so, why doesn't the NFL just do it in the first place? Isn't that what they're supposed to do? Is do their own league, control their own league? But they didn't want to be the bad guy. So when you do, when you have a void of leadership, Roger Goodell. When you give us an absolute void of leadership and responsibility and accountability, you get chaos. Utter chaos. I actually saw from uh, Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter. um, He said a little while ago, he said, I'm told the NFL is appealing for an indefinite suspension. That would be in a minimum of one year, but perhaps more significant given the structure of Watson's contract. Sources tell me that the NFL's appeal will also include a monetary fine Money is now a significant part of the equation. But wait, who are they appealing it to? That's a good question because you take it from the courts when you want to appeal it, then you put it to you, yourself you and you go to the courts it. again. It's like, it, I, again, it's like saying, go, go, your mother, go, go talk to your mother. She'll punish you. And mom says, go to your room for five minutes. And that's not enough for dad. Now dad's like, wait, I'm going to appeal that to myself. We should have made the decision in the first place. Yeah. If that's how you want to go. I don't know. Maybe that's a bad analogy, but I'm just. Maybe I'm, Roger Goodell just you the gave right it away. The you were you were criticized for years on how you did it. You got tired of being criticized. You mishandled Colin Kaepernick. You are a public relations nightmare. Mm-hmm. So you give it away. When you give away the responsibility, don't take it back up when you don't like what's. I this is I've always said this about workers, and and bosses. I told my I told the people that worked for me, I will never criticize your decision. I've given you that I've given you an option to do. I'll correct you in private and we'll talk about it doing moving forward, but I'm not going to publicly criticize you and say that's wrong and go over your head. I've given you that option. And that's what I tell my bosses. Don't tell me 
I have the power to do something and then not do it. I I've always I always loved this one. This is this is big corporate America when I was stuck in corporate America. <laughs> have these big lavish meetings, and they say if money is no option, what do you want to do with your department? And I would say, well, this is. And then they would immediately say, you can't do that. You can't. You can't do that. I go, why not? Well, because money is an option. Then tell me what the money is. Give me the budget and let me work within the budget. Give me the parameters, set parameters for what a suspension should be. Mm-hmm. And let whoever is going to make the decision work within the parameters, within the parties involved. And then when the arbitrator makes a decision, accept it. Right. I or think, don't. Like, you, you can't just... They have, you know, a policy. Well, if you have a policy on the behavior of your players of the entire, you know, league, then you should also have parameters on what punishment would exactly. be for those direct policies. Okay, if you do this, if you know, there are seven points, well, you violated point one, two, and exactly. seven. Exactly, thank you. Then That's you should have you do. this month's suspension because you violated such, such, and such. And these equal to this amount of punishment, so this is what you equal in total. Yes. It's like you're adding punishment by what they violated, what they did. Without taking it, you are causing utter chaos. Right. When you could have had this settled five minutes after it happened. Right. Because I think that's what I think even where the players, I'm like, if you were to go and have a policy that says, this is our policy, if you violate, you know, point one dash B, then you will have this such punishment. This is what it comes with yes. if you violate this. Then it it only and, I, and I'm not even getting into should the I'm not even getting into should the NFL be involved in your personal life? I'm, right, they shouldn't. They only be involved that's... too much in your personal life. No, you should have you to have your own personal life. But if you have these such points are made, this is where the punishment comes with. If you violate these certain things, yeah. then that helps the players know. Okay, well, you know what? I don't have to wait if you're Alvin Kamara. I don't have to wait from, you know, March until for? still September to know what my punishment is and what I have to do when I could easily have known, hey, I violated such and such policy point two dash A and B. And here's, the and punishment. I, here's my punishment I'm getting. This what is what I know I, is coming to me. It helps the players. Agree. It helps the t- it helps the coaches. Helps the league. It helps everyone involved. Helps the promotion of the team, the players, the league. The team knows what to work around and when to have them. Uh, no, this is... The, the the Browns are the Browns are a mess because the Browns decided we wanted a, an adult in the room and they thought Deshaun Watson was an adult. That's their problem. Yeah. But their fan base doesn't deserve not knowing who their quarterback's going to be. Yeah. All right. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Salto, Louisiana Sports Station, home of your Tigers and Houston Astros. Rick Saro after the break. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the best local sports talk in southwest Louisiana. Jim Zillow back, hour number two, halfway through. Right now we're going to go to our friend Rick Sarrell in Lake Charles. Rick, uh, from Sound Off 60, how is Sound Off 60 these days? It's great, Jim. Uh, we just uh, we just moved our on-location production shoot to uh, new Barstool Sportsbook at the Bears Casino. So we've got all the lights and the action and the vibe of, of Barstool. So we started that 
last week. Uh, we'll be running all football season into 2023, so we're having a ball, man. So, in other words, you've upgraded so much that uh, I have been outclassed and will never be a guest, right? Well, no. Let me let me state for the record. I'm going to shoot down uh, a couple of things. I caught maybe about 75% of, of you and Hannah's uh, uh, diatribe on the NFL and uh, and uh, Deshaun Watson. We'll get to, we'll get to that in a quick second. But uh, no, I mean, I'm just I stand I stand in awe of of you are you are the preeminent uh, multimedia sports talent uh, savant. In, in Louisiana now, so yeah, you know, I, I could about never that. Uh, I could never overshadow you. Uh, no, just being here is, is an honor. I, to match wits with you and even uh, uh, Hannah Five Five names over there in Lafayette. This is just uh, uh, I don't know. I'm going to take a step back here and take a breath. Yeah, you'll survive. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I will. Um, you were at practice yesterday for McNeese at okay, a different so time you're than me. Passing the Deshaun Watson. Uh, where yeah, you we're going to get we're going to do that in a second. I'll get to McNeese. Okay. Yeah. How on earth? Can both of you make an argument about the NFL's <laughs> Here you issues? go. How can you, without considering something called the NFL Players Association? I, I agree the with NFL that. NFL players make up the league. Well, they get well, what, what? 52% of the revenues. Can you imagine what it's like? For Goodell and the suits in New York to have to deal with this union and try to strike a compromise of any kind dealing with discipline. That is well, the here, here's my I agree with you, and here's my point to that. They have done that already. Yes. And, and they have gone to the arbitrator. Yes. And now he wants to appeal a decision that has gone to the arbitrator that they agreed all upon. And that that's yes. where who and then and, now now my question to you is who is making the final decision then on the appeal? Because isn't that automatically going to be reappealed by the NFLPA? They can they can file an appeal, but but is it it is written in the current CBA that the players' union signed, as did Goodell. Yes, that he, the league does have a right to appeal. The players' union signed that. Yes, just like the knucklehead out in Arizona, what the quarterback Murray. He signed that contract. Well, then you get that, then you get that into that stipulation in there. So well, everybody has to abide by the rules or, or the process, however nonsensical you you and I may think it is. Well, it's part that, of the deal. That but who and the NFL should appeal it? The but NFL who is he appealing it, it to? Who who's going to make the final? If an arbitrator has already decided, do we go to a second arbitrator? Yes, it's in the, it's in the CBA. And then, or, okay, or, or Goodell can make and that. Are, are we going to have another appeal by the NFLPA so. when that I happens? Think so. I wouldn't think so. You don't think Here's the NFLPA? The if he gets, tricky part. If he gets uh, into, I, I did my yeah. limited research on it. The players' union, if Goodell, if Goodell uh, appeals, which he did, and if he he and if he does a ruling or whatever, the the NFLPA can then file a federal lawsuit. That's where it gets a little squirrely. Well, me. that's where it's going to go. But, if 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 so. the union wants to do it. now, if I'm if I'm the third string defensive tackle in Oakland or I, I guess Vegas now, and I have a clean record, I'm not sure I want to change the whole world and go on strike for a Deshaun Watson. But that's that's where you could head. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that. But it is in the CBA. All right, all right. Fine. So there you. You go. were out at practice yesterday at McNeese. Yes. Were you yes, not? Was. And what did you see? Your first take. 
Well, it, it's, you know, gosh, you and I have been doing this for decades. It's a first practice. Yes. Uh, they were in shells. It was a lot of one-on-one, a lot of throwing. Um, you didn't get a whole lot of, uh, you know, linemen going up against linemen. Uh, you know, they did a couple of a couple of interesting little basic drills that will come with this air raid. Um, look, it is a stark difference after, what, three years of Cody Orgeron, who is a fine young man who gave it his all. All of five, what, 11, 180 yes. pounds soaking wet. Uh, when you go out there, the stark difference of seeing a Cam Ranson at 6'3", 220. With a cannon um, arm. And a cannon arm, and yes, indeed, Gary Goff says he throws a beautiful deep ball, and yes, he, he throws a beautiful deep ball. It's a stark, it's just a stark difference yeah. of having a quarterback of, of his stature and athletic ability. Um, and of course, Walker Wood was out there, but uh, Knox Kadem, uh, you know, couldn't throw because, uh, you know, your reports that he did injure the, the hand, the throwing hand in an odd way on, air, you know, on an airplane. Yes. But he'll, he'll come back a lot of part of the week. Yeah, but the, what the... I saw was. I saw was a basic first practice. Some of the some of the throws were good. Some of the catches were good. Were there drops? Yes. Were there missed throws? Yes. Were they missed holes? Yes. But that's what you're going to get on day one. The, but the, the interesting thing I got ta- talking to players afterwards, and I only talked to a couple, mm-hmm. but the players I did talk to all said they were happy to be there, that they didn't feel like it was basic drudgery of past, yeah. and that. They didn't feel like they had to be there. It was, we want to be here. And that, to me, and there was, to me, there was a lot more accountability. There was a lot more, I like to say this, there was more effort and action in a direction. There was a lot of, there was a lot of moving parts with a Frank Wilson practice. Don't get me wrong. But this was all direction in one way. And and so, how important is this hire for Heshwarer? Oh, it's, it's critical. Uh, it's critical. And, and I think he made the very best choice of what we know his options were. The, the key storyline, at least in August, and you know how it is. In August, everybody is uh, zero, zero on the record. We're talking all this, this fluff and, and, and things outside of the intangibles, if you will. But the storyline for this program uh, uh, is the intangible of having a head coach and a coaching staff that I think, I think, is committed to this program long-term. Yes. And in the coaching world of college football, Jim, what's long-term? Is it three? Is it five? Is it seven years? His contract is five years. Yeah, at least it's more than one or two. Yes. So it is more long-term. So that's the storyline, at least in August, King. The vibe that the players are getting, that this coaching staff is invested they want to be here, and they want these players here because, good Lord, you know, what did they bring in? 52 to 56 new players. Yeah. This is a complete roster change, more than I have ever seen oh, yeah. in nearly four decades of following sports football, if you will. Yeah, the final number was actually 58 newcomers, 15 from the transfer portal of the 110 players. Fifty. Think about, think yeah. about that. Over I mean, half. That is, that's incredible. And what does that tell you? You and I, I believe, had this conversation. What does that tell you about the last, say, two, three, four, five years? There was no talent. We, we watched it. The there was a lack of talent. Oh, A complete severe. lack of talent. There were a couple of great players. But overall, there was lack of talent. They were bigger. They appeared to be faster. But they were a lot bigger. 
I saw yesterday. They went they went and hit yeah. the weight room really hard. Uh, okay, yeah. I, I got to get you onto the Saints here a little bit. I yeah. know you love talking New Orleans Saints. Yes, and you and I don't always agree on the Saints. Up a hand since '66, sir. I don't. I don't. Uh, <laughs> we don't agree on the Saints all the time. But, no, we don't. Um, your take on this season. I know a lot of New Orleans eyes were looking at Deshaun Watson and saying whatever will be for Alan Kamara. You can almost put that to a side now. I don't I don't think he's gonna get suspended for this year. So what do you see as this year as the key figure or the key person or players group? Well, this this defense will be very, very good if, of course, with the caveat that everybody stays healthy. Uh, the secondary can be very, very good. Uh, the Terran Matthew late arrival, that's troublesome, but things happen in life, right? Um, look, it does start at quarterback, and I, and, and I feel comfortable uh, if Jameis Winston is comfortable with the, with the uh, rebuilt or, 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 or healed knee, if you will. If he mentally feels good about it, I feel good about uh, Winston's ability. Is he top 15? Uh, in quarter, no, maybe not. But is he top twenty? Probably. Okay. And is that good enough for this team with the defense he has? Um, I, you know, the, the question mark on this team is uh, offensive line depth. Uh, what do they do with left tackle? They got a you know Trevor Penning's an interesting August story with the fighting and his uh, <laughs> his. Uh, <laughs> yes, he is uh, an interesting. Re- he's become an interesting story. Well, it is. It is, and it's the 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 re, the, the reincarnation of. Turley, if old Saints fans know about him, but uh, I find it interesting. I think he, I think he'll, 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 the coaches will get him to settle down. So it's, it's really depth that offensive line, uh, and you know, some production out of the running game besides Kamara. Um, you know, uh, if, if he goes down a little bit, if he gets nicked, boy, that running game can fall off tremendously. Yeah. I want, I want to ask you this because your, uh, your, your buddy from Sound Off sixty was on the show the other day, Tuesday. Yes. Who Kevin, would that be? Kevin Gidry. Kevin Gidry. Oh, did y'all promote the show, by the way? Or was it just all about Kevin and his NFL LSU It was, it was sure a lot about was. Kevin and his NFL LSU days. Yeah, I got it. Okay. We, we, we were asking him about the LSU question in general, mainly because former player, how the former players thought of Brian Kelly. Interestingly, he said that it, it's not been as embracing as I think some of the older players wanted, but they'll wait and see. What's your first impression on Brian Kelly as he starts today? Well, Look, I'm born and raised in South Louisiana. Um, I worked all around the South uh, in, in sports media, but I've always had a bit of a kinship with Notre Dame. Am I Roman Catholic? Yes. Did I go to Notre Dame? I wish. I just have always kind of liked Notre Dame football, and I think Brian Kelly was the best choice that Woodard could have made and did make. Um, a complete 180 from Ed Orgeron. I got it. Um, it's a different type of vibe, a different type of football management. These older guys like Gidry are just going to have to suck it up. This man <laughs> is, is there to win football games, and that's what he did in, in, in South Bend. He won a lot of games. Did he win a lot of big games? No, but he got to a lot of big games, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think the reason why he didn't win because of you got to win it on the field with really top-level elite talent, and he didn't have it. And I think he, in time, he'll have it at LSU. Well, I think that's the, the question is how much time will he be given, and what is what does the college football look like? All right, I, I want to get you out on this question because you, you and I have disagreed on certain things like the Coliseum in Lake Charles, the on-campus yeah. facilities, 
and that, but I think I swayed you over on the whole FBS move recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, what What do you think is the timetable for McNeese to get to FBS? Three years. Three years? Three years. And what 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 do they have to do? Because I've said all along this year, this year the, the Rice game is the most important game to me because how they travel as a fan group and how they play against a Conference USA team will be very, very shining optics for anybody that's looking at them. What, what do you think yes. the key is? I, I agree. I agree with that. I don't think the Montana State game will be a good barometer. No. Um, I think Montana State is really that good. Um, I think, you know, they got, they got what, two or three All-Americans coming back yeah. to keep position. They'll beat Technice probably by over 20 points. And that ain't bad. That won't be too bad. I agree with you on that. If the Cowboys offense can get some things generated and stay stay competitive, first game to go to Bozeman, uh, they're going to lose by 20. Now, that, 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 that's just me. So I do agree with you. The Rice game, even though, look, I looked at Rice. They were 4-8 last year. Yeah. They played a lot of people pretty close. No, no. This is Rice. This is Rice in Conference USA, and that's what you alluded to earlier. Yeah. This, this is a great gauge, and I agree with you. The eyes of the conference could very well be on McNeese if, if the A.D. Heath Troyer has laid some groundwork and some relationship skills, which he has, yes. with Conference USA. I still love the Sun Belt. I think McNeese can get – be great to get in the Sun Belt to go against UL Lafayette again and all those regional teams. But if that's not the option – Within three years, it's got to be Conference USA. Yeah, and then you then you get to play. You do get some regional rivalries in Tech and Rice, and you can play um, UL in the in the preseason. the The thing yeah. about it, the thing that I've been told is the key is next next year you'll get two million dollars if you're a, a Division One to play at like Florida when they go there. You only get right. five hundred thousand if you're McNeese next year because they're they're still in FCS. Rick, I want to thank you for showing up. And being at practice Man, yesterday, it, it, you went to it practice. Was, it was, uh, yeah. I'm going to try to make it out uh, the next couple of days, especially when they start getting into some pad work. Well, Saturday is uh, Saturday well, is the next time I'm going out because it's the first day of pads. Well, bring me an extra towel, please. And it's, it's hot. All right, yes, Rick Saro from Sound Off 60. Thank you very much for joining us. This is the game. Thank you, Jim. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Less East after the break. Here on RP3 and Company, we talk about the sports you know and love. Baseball, football, basketball, and soccer. Isn't this great, man? I love soccer. Here we go, Galaxy. Here we go. Okay, maybe not soccer, but we'll try to do our best. Back to more knowledgeable sports talk with RP3 and Company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. The red-hot Houston Astros take on the Baltimore Orioles, equally hot, on Saturday, August 27th. And you can be there. Register to the game clubhouse to score four tickets, a a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astro Weekend Getaways are powered by Butcher AC, La Meridian, Houston, downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Rick Sarrow is on us talking about all things. He, he, I think he dis, doesn't like the fact that we didn't disagree. We agreed with him on a 
the NFLPA stuff. Rick always argues with me, just so you know, Hannah. He always argues with me about stuff, but I always get him to come around. He didn't believe in McNeese getting an on-campus arena. They got one. He, eventually, he fell for it. But he didn't agree with it. McNeese to FBS. He's now kind of – he just wants them in the Sun Belt. He wants them to play UL every year. That is that is the – that is kind of the rivalry he likes. That's really kind of the rivalry everybody in Lake Charles really likes. The Mar is a good rivalry. Northwestern State, not so much. But they really they – really, Cajuns are the ones. That's all I'm going to say. You, you people are the ones. Why? Um, I I think there's a little bit of that uh, jealousy of where you went how, as far as how you guys have elevated and the fact that McNeese was above you when you, when you split and they decided not to go. And so there's a little bit of that should be us mentality. Kind of like they were the big brother and now the little brother moved past them. Mm. That's all. Got it. Is that, is that, that's not a bad thing. I didn't say they don't, it was. They don't I was just there, asking. They don't sit there and hold their nose as they drive by Lafayette. <laughs> they still come shopping if here. If y'all do that, they still come shopping that, here. I dare you send a video to us on the game. Oh, I just want to see do it. That. No, I, I come over here to shop all the time. Yeah, uh, I, I was. I lived in Abbey. I was an Abbeyvilleite or whatever it is for four months. I can say I stopped in Lake Charles once, and that was what I was but doing. But you're missing it because what? it's. Lake Charles is not what Lake Charles used to be. It's got it's got the casinos. It's got a lot of things that it didn't used to have. Now a lot of things have been destroyed and they're rebuilding it, but it will come back better, bigger, stronger. Okay. Say we just need some good luck in the chuck. So do I need to go to the chuck? So I give you good luck. Um, they they look. Uh, they talk about you uh, and your appearance at uh, the caravan. I want appearance, man. Hey, it's all it takes to make an impression. I mean, I tell you, I did not know a single person. So like, what? I've talked to some of these coaches for interviews, and I've never like talked to them, like in person. But it's good. It was good for them. Yeah. To get McNeese is different than the other schools. In this, is they they. They have never had the attention, like LSU, obviously, but even UL has had attention. Uh, so they welcome the attention. I don't know how long. You never know how long that's going to last once you give them attention for a certain period of time. But for now, they understand the game being played PR-wise. And I think he sure has really told them that, that you know, you are here, you are a coach, but you're also selling a community, and we're trying to get a brand out there. Yeah. So they they appreciate anything you give them, um, but obviously, like with everything else, the more you get, and then, then when you start criticizing, they don't appreciate you quite as. <laughs> Trust me, they don't appreciate you quite as much when you criticize. <laughs> and I, I have, I have I been do. known to, I have been known to criticize on occasion. I just know that it was so like taking pictures. That was my main purpose, really, just to take pictures of the whole like event. Trying to take pictures of those coaches while they were talking about their season was so hard. They kept yeah. moving. You can't get like they've been taught like a really good camera. You couldn't like get no, a good they've been picture. taught. They've been taught to play the room. Oh yeah, they just they kept moving, and then I kept getting weird because I was like right in the front. So but they, they feed really kept you. Looking at me. They feed you. Yeah, but no one told me that they were gonna feed me. Oh, that yeah, I should have done that. I, that's so funny. I had chicken nuggets where I went. 
I should have told you that. I should have told you that. Don't Someone should have told me. Always, always remember when you go to those things, eat after because you might get fed. Got it. That's a media. That's a media thing. Eat after because you might get fed. Yeah. See, I, that was apparently supposed to be like the You'll plan learn. in my head, but then when I went to like basketball games and it was for sorry to tell you, but the the, the Cajuns games, mainly even the women's, all of the other media people, like the like TV people. Would have to get there first before. Oh yeah, they're, to and they're gonna there. gobble it up. They're gonna gobble. Oh it up. yeah, so I that's was like, I just of, thought it was always to bring a That is survival of the fastest. That's yeah. what that is. The game one zero three seven. The game one zero three seven Lafayette one zero four one Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for Tigers and Astros. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Final hour on Thursday. Jim Gazzolo in for RP3. One more day after today. You only got four hours for me the rest of the week. What do you think of that? Depressed? <laughs> Happy? Overjoyed? All right. So sad. All right, right now we're going to go to New Orleans and Crescent City Sports Zone. Les East, a friend of the show. Les, are you there? Sure am. How are y'all doing? Oh, we're doing good up here. Uh, lots of questions with the Saints. Camp hardly opened up, but obviously you got to start with the Honey Badgers return. Tyron Matthew, the safety, finally making it to camp. Didn't talk to the media yesterday, surprisingly. I thought he might comment on his uh, where he's been, but what does that mean that he's back in camp now? Well, I think it's important. He's a, a player that's counting on a, a great deal. Um, I think the fact that he missed uh, a week of camp, roughly, uh, was mitigated somewhat by the fact that he was here for OTAs. And so he was in the classroom. He was on the field. He was learning the terminology of the defense, getting to know the, his teammates. So I, I think the fact that he, he missed these practices isn't a big deal because he had sort of a head start with the OTAs. And uh, now that he's here, uh, they, they still have a, a week and a couple of days before their first preseason games. But I think in the long run, the fact that he wasn't here won't be a big deal, but it's a good thing that it didn't drag on any longer and that he's in camp now. No, I don't think it's a big deal. I think it's more just that they don't have the headache anymore to have to answer the question about him. That's kind of the big deal. Um, I want to ask you about Trevor Penning and the rookie tackle's decision to fight everybody. Uh is that a big concern down there, or is it uh, just boys will be boys? Well, I don't think it's a big concern yet. I think it could become one. Uh, and I don't think there's any question that Dennis Allen has addressed this to him directly uh, and forcefully. Uh, he addressed it with the entire team yesterday at the end of the practice and said he would talk to the two players involved Malcolm Roach being the other player. And uh, this is, I wouldn't call them three fights. Yesterday was a fight where two other minor, really shoving incidents that took place that that were relatively minor. 
but the fact that there have been three things in a row and yesterday being by far the worst, this is something they want to stop right now. Penning came out of college um, with reputation for being uh, overly aggressive at times, uh, someone who got penalized a lot in college and uh, got under uh, opponent's skins. So uh, th- there's a suggestion that he may have a lack of discipline. That could be yeah. a major problem for somebody who's trying to be a left tackle in the NFL. So we'll see where it goes from here. If he's able to uh, get his emotions under control and be competitive without going too far like he did yesterday, I, I don't think this will be a problem. But if this pattern continues, I think it will be a problem. And, you know, maybe they should uh, have uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson talk to him <laughs> because he's a player who has shown uh, last year especially that he can really go right up to the edge of uh, getting under players' skins without um, going too far. He's gone too far in the past, but last year he knew where the line was and didn't cross it, and maybe he can give him some guidance on how to how to rein in his uh, ability to uh, bother the people he's going against. Yeah, and I, I guess it could also be that uh, with that reputation coming out of college that uh, the other guys know it, and they're testing him, and also he's trying to establish himself, and maybe he's doing it uh, a little rougher than he should. Um, I want to ask you about the the interesting, I thought that they worked out Ryan Izzo, the tight end from Florida State, and are they? that, that doesn't seem like they're settled on tight end at all. Um, where are they stand on the tight end situation? Well, I think there are a couple of things in play here. One, they, they never never totally – uh, convinced that they, they had the uh, tight end position as strong as they want it to be. They have a lot of potentially uh, worthwhile players at that position, and yet virtually everyone has some sort of question, whether it's inexperience or coming off an injury or both. So, you know, they were always looking to see if they could improve the depth and the competition there. And now Taysom Hill um, got the rib injury that initially they they seemed to think was a day-to-day thing, and now he's missed nearly a week. So it looks like that may linger uh, for a while. I don't think that's a long-term thing, but nonetheless, he's missing reps and uh, might even miss the first preseason game. We don't know yet. So I think... That's another reason why they want to uh, add another person so that they have a full complement of tight ends on the field while they're waiting for Taysom to get back. And they also want to uh, improve the competition in that position because it's one of the bigger question marks on the team. The Tyson Hill is an interesting thing because he was obviously – Sean Payton loved him, loved the way that he would use him around, be kind of his, his fill-all-pieces guy. What do you think his role will be with this new offense and everything? Uh, do you think he's going to be kind of the same guy? Yeah, I think so. Dennis Allen said last week, the, the evening before training camp began, that he expected to use him in a very similar way. He will still get some snaps uh, at the quarterback position as a change of pace to Jameis Winston, but he's also going to do the jack-of-all-trades thing 
probably lining up at tight end a little more than he did uh, in the past where he might have been a wide receiver more often. They've upgraded the wide receiver position significantly. And uh, tight end, as we talked about, isn't the strongest position. So he may be inside a little bit more than he was in the past. And uh, we'll play a lot on special teams. And then we'll we'll see about running back. Uh, When he is used as a ball carrier, it probably will be as a quarterback out of the shotgun primarily. But he could also line up at running back on occasion. It, It shouldn't be dramatically different from what we've seen in the past other than he may look more like a tight end than a wide receiver when he does line up. Yeah. And and that brings us to Alvin Kamara, who we continue to have his case kicked down the road. Um, I'm sure he's watching the, the Deshaun Watson situation go on. There's really nothing new to say about his, his situation off the field. It, it doesn't look like anything's going to be resolved this year, does it? Well, what we know at this point is the, the, the date that was set for, for Monday of this week had pushed back at least 60 days. So we're looking at the, the 1st of October before he could have a court date. We don't even know if it would happen. They didn't, I don't think they set a, a, a hard date. They just said 60 days. So we're looking at at least the start of October before he could be in court. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be resolved, that they could reach some sort of settlement or they could um, go ahead and proceed with the case. We don't know how long that would take. The NFL is unlikely to take any action before the legal proceedings are uh, run their course. So we're looking at him being in court no earlier than the 1st of October, and then it would have to be settled were completed one way or another. So we're looking even later before the NFL is likely to act. So, you know, we're looking at sometime in October, maybe even later, um, before the NFL would likely act. And it's not out of the question that this, this could drag into the off season. Yeah, and, and that's, that's the thing is that the sooner you get it figured out, the better for the NFL and for him. All right, I want to ask you about the quarterback situation Obviously, all eyes on Jameis and how he comes back. But how important do you think Andy Dalton's ability to be a stabilizer and insurance policy is going to be and what he can bring to Jameis in the quarterback room? Yeah, that's a good point. I, I think he's valuable in, in both of those regards. You know, we saw last year um, that uh, how quickly you can wind up going to your second, third, even fourth quarterback and how detrimental that can be if you're not well prepared and uh trevor simeon did okay when he had to play Taysom hill did better ian book wasn't ready as a rookie when he got thrown in there andy dalton has started for years in the nfl and played at a pretty high level so if winston were to miss time and dalton had to start i think they're clearly in better shape than they were last year with a backup quarterback, and then he is so experienced and he seems to be such a willing uh, teammate that he is going to be another set of eyes and ears for Jameis Winston. He's going to be talking with him about what he sees, suggestions he can make, uh, eager to answer any questions Jameis might have. So Jameis has been around a while. He's a smart guy. He can figure out a lot of stuff on his own. 
but when you have a teammate who's played the same position even longer and seen more than you have, and he can add his uh, own perspective to what you're already seeing, I think that makes a big difference in the film room and even on the sideline during games. Yeah, and he's not there to take his job, really. That that's kind of the he knows his role. He's not going to be he's not going to be a problem in that area. That's a big thing. Um, last question for you is. Michael Thomas, how does he look? Does he look like he's been accepted back into the role, and, is, and it, does he have his legs under him? Yeah, uh, as far as being accepted back, yeah, I don't think there are any any problems with uh, the drama that played out over the last two years. I think everybody's happy to have him back. I think he's happy to be back. I think all of that is behind him. Now, now it's all about the ankle and getting back into playing shape. Uh, they're, they're being somewhat cautious in bringing him back. He hasn't been doing all of the team stuff, though yesterday he did a little bit more. It looks like he's on schedule. Uh, I don't think they want to push him uh, in any manner that could aggravate the injury, but I think he's getting close to being 100%. I think their goal is to have him be full go for the season opener, which is still uh, five and a half weeks away. So I, I think uh, he's on track to be fully ready physically uh, by the opener, and I think everything else is behind them at this point. He's He's not expected to play a whole lot in the preseason, right? They haven't said I wouldn't expect him to play a whole lot. They, they may want to get him out there uh, a little bit uh, so he yeah. can test the ankle and play on the game condition. But to no, I wouldn't expect him to play a lot. Yeah, just to take a couple hits. Les East, Crescent City Sports, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks. All right, we'll see you. Thanks. Uh, the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Sussex, Louisiana, Sports Station. You're home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. The Red Hot Astros take on the Baltimore Orioles on Saturday, August 27th, and you can be there. Register the game clubhouse to score four tickets, a a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations for that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, La Meridian Houston downtown, and the game Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number three, the final hour. Hannah, are you excited? Yeah, she gave us a nod. We'll take a nod from Hannah. <laughs> Our own Kevin Foote at the bottom of the hour. Uh, lots of speculation on the Saints. Lots of speculation on what all this means as far as the tight end situation goes. When you're bringing in tight ends this late, I'd say you're not happy with your tight end. So I, I would say that was going to be the – it seems like that seems to be the priority to shore up, that and the offensive line. The rest of the Saints are pretty much in line. I, I, I don't think there's a lot of, I don't think there's a lot of missing pieces this year. It depends on how they come together. Do they stay healthy? But uh, I know they want an, uh, with Tyson Hill out. I know they want a tight end. Hannah, do you care who plays tight end? No, not really. 
The, the average fan, it's interesting, the average fan doesn't really care until they care, until something goes wrong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like you, 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 you care about like yeah. certain things on your team, but mainly it's most importantly winning, and then if something goes wrong, and they're like, like, oh, this person did so, this wrong. It's okay, why are we now so bad at tight end? Yeah. That, then it, that you don't want it to you don't want to be the position that sticks out, right? You would rather be a, a completely cohesive team that you know either a completely cohesive team. Is that the same thing? I mean, yes, that's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Do you feel like well, where's our poll question standing? <laughs> All right. So our poll question, which was which coach will have a harder first year, uh, still leading the vote is Coach Dez at forty two percent at. 31% we have LSU at 19, Coach Goff, and then at only 8%, Coach Dennis Allen. Yeah, I think that's more because it's a college question. I think it'd be – it's – it's the pieces are more in place in a pro situation because th- there's not – the fan base isn't as riled up and it's more of a you're taking over what is already established. I'm, I'm surprised by the Des thing because I would think – He's going into a situation that's pretty in pretty good shape. But when we say the most pressure, maybe it is a lot of pressure to be 11-1 and one and come back and fill those shoes. I mean, yeah. I uh, mean, maybe that's what people are looking at. Look, there's a lot. And they have, they have a lot of pieces back and they have a lot of talent back. But they have a lot of question marks. When you lose your quarterback and he is the essential guy, that ran that offense and took you there, that's a big hole to fill. And that that that's something that all three of our college programs here that we cover all need a new quarterback. They all have a new head coach, but they all need a new quarterback as well. And who comes out and wins those jobs? LSU has a job opening. They have like well, like seven people trying yeah, to well, they have a few. They have a few. I think most people think it'll be Miles Brennan to start. If it is, what does that say about everybody else? And what does that say about because he almost transferred? He had transferred and he came back. Um, I, I think that is the establishment of because who you pick as your starting quarterback says a lot to your room. It says a lot to your locker room, especially in. This is the direction we're going in. This is the personality of our team. It's not I'm take I'm starting Joey at running back, but I've got three other guys I can bring in on the next play. Gary Goff said it very simply when I asked him once, do you want to play two quarterbacks? He goes, I prefer not to have two quarterbacks. I want to play one guy, have one guy be the alpha male. One guy dominate the room, one guy be the one that everybody looks to and says, that's our guy, let's get behind, let's rally and go. So yeah. I, if right now it looks like all of them have, and they all seem to have similar options. Do you go with a guy that's a dual threat? Do you go with a guy that's a drop back pass? Miles Brennan, if all goes right, Miles Brennan is the quarterback at LSU when the season starts. If all goes right, I, I think Cam Can uh, Ransom is the quarterback at McNeese. I'm going to ask Kevin Foot in a few minutes if all goes right. Who is the starting quarterback at UL? And I think for LSU specifically, I think knowing that Miles went to the transfer portal and then he came back out to stay at LSU, 
I think it would say, I don't, I don't really know what it actually would say. I think it would say a lot about, I think, Coach Kelly and what his it mindset is. It does say a lot of Kelly. If, what if, he didn't, what if he didn't start Miles? Sorry, somebody else. Well, I think it would say a lot. I'm not sure it would be a good thing or a bad thing because I'm not, you know, entirely. I don't think he promised him the job. Yeah, I don't think he was either. But the thing is, it's like people are like, oh, well, yeah, it's got to be Miles Brennan because he came out of the transfer portal. He was already here before. I, but that doesn't mean that again, necessarily he'll be the sort of quarterback. You went and got the guy from Arizona after Miles Brennan came back. Right. This is this is my this is my Knox Keenum McNeese State position. Goff got Keenum in the transfer portal, brought him into camp, got him in the spring, watched him for the whole spring, and then made sure he got can <laughs> ransom after spring. So, in other words, he may have said, oh, and there's no question, Knox was the number one quarterback coming out of spring, but he didn't, he didn't. Woo you on the job. He won the job, but he didn't overpower you to where it's his job. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be the only reason. Like I, I understand what Coach Goff was saying and how he says I want one quarterback. That's who I, I guess my guy is. Like that's who I want my entire team to be. Like okay, this is our you know our setting point. What he says is just about where it goes, and people are gonna lead. You know, gonna follow him. But I think if you're like Brian Kelly and Coach Ed, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a whole, not too sure about everyone that's in the locker room for the quarterback position. Yeah. But for Brian Kelly, knowing how many people you, you've talked about, he's got out of the transfer portal that have come back out of the transfer portal, and people that, like, you know, I've watched Walker Howard. And, well, I didn't watch, but I listened to Walker Howard all the time because I was doing board operating for high school, so I had STM in my background all the time. But I think... If Brian Kelly has a thought, if he, like I said, you got the Arizona State guy after Miles came back, I think in Brian Kelly's head, he may even have a plan where, like, hey, I have these, you know, these first four quarterbacks that I know, you know, this guy can do this, this guy can do this, this one, do this. they have each have their own strengths that maybe the other one might not have to where he can be, okay, I'm reading the game as this, and this is what's going on. I need to put this guy in because he has this sort of this, like each player well, might have sort of plays that they're really well at, and it can help the game go farther. I, I think that's. I think that's. I think you would see that. I think you would see that in all situations. I just think he wants to have the one guy win the job. Yeah. But, you know, we we talk a lot about LSU quarterbacks, and nobody really talks much about Garrett Nosmeyer, who did not, mm-hmm. who decided not to play in the bowl game so he could keep the whole year of redshirt, which doesn't make sense because I would have done that and said, "This is my audition tape." Yeah, I, it, we don't stay four years anyway, so that would have been my audition tape. So I don't count him out yet. I just think that uh, that's going to be now. The one thing Goff did say that that always that that I liked about it is he said, no matter who the quarterback is, that's not how I'm going to call plays. I'm going to call the plays that fit whoever he is. I'll have a set of plays for guy for each guy. I'm not going to ask somebody to do something they cannot do. Right. I, I don't think you you should do yeah, that. I I'm think not going to force him you, into an offense he can't run. Yeah. I think if you have, you know, if you know what your guys, you know, if he could, you know, he could throw a long ball instead of even at all trying to run. He has no, not as much running capability to where, you know, he can be able to go like two feet forward yeah. or two yards forward, should I say. Then, but he has a long arm. That thing can go far. Then you're going to play to those strengths. You can't play to... 
well, I'm going to just have more of a running game with him and, you know, get him farther down before I go and have him throw because his arm's not as long. But I think you need to play to the strengths of your quarterback. You, you cannot, can't just make plays, and yes. that's that's the end-all, be-all. You cannot try to put that square peg into a round hole. It won't work. It doesn't. It doesn't. And that's that's when you have a lot of problems. When we come back, Kevin Foote's going to talk UL football, going to talk Astros, probably anything else we ask him. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. August 4th, 1936, American Jesse Owens claims his second gold medal at the Summer Olympics in Berlin after defeating German Luz Long in the final of the long jump event. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Jim Guzzolo, last half hour of day three of the takeover for RP3. That's right. Ray will be back on Monday. I will be here tomorrow. will be my last day of me getting to see Hannah. Right now, we got a guy that you're going to hear in a half hour, in fact. Kevin Foote, we're going to give you an early edition of Footnotes, which I guess will be Footnotes Prelude? Prelude to Footnotes. Kevin Foote, how you doing today? Doing better than yesterday. Why is that? Well, because the Astros actually scored more than one run in a home game for a change. Now, wait a minute. Now, I, you, you can't – I, I didn't want to get you started on the Astros, but I will then. Uh, you can't be that worried about the Astros. You had an eleven and a half game lead, don't you? No, I, I'm not worried about not. I mean, I think they're going to win the division. I think they're going to make the playoffs. It's about do they have enough offense once they get there uh, to win games? If at at Yankee Stadium, if they play the Yankees, or if they play like you know, a lot of people are sleeping on the Guardians. I think they're a little better than people realize. Uh, to win games, are they going to have enough offense? And who in the world is going to play center field in the postseason? Because I'd rather it not be Tucker, but it might have to be. All right. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, I, I was going to get into this. I was going to compliment them on getting Trey Mancini, but I do say, do you think they should have gotten a center fielder? Yeah. I mean, I wish they would have. Look, I think Dubon, like he made this great catch yesterday. How ironic that on the day that you know, me and a lot of other Astro fans worried or, or complaining about not getting a center fielder that the number one catch on ESPN, the number one play of the day was by an Astro center fielder. <laughs> uh, but, and so I, I, I think that Zubon can do the job if they need, but he can't hit. You know, and, and uh, um, you know, the problem with Myers is not only can he not hit, but he can't throw. And so you, you can't go into the postseason when you got a center field that everyone just takes extra bases on because he has no arm. That's just not winning baseball. <laughs> Kevin Woods you get got the got the team with the sec, I think the second best record in the American League. I think you're in line to play the Yankees, but that's not good enough. I do think that uh, the the Luis Castillo trade to get him to be a number one in a series for the Mariners makes them very interesting. No, I, you know, I've been saying all year. I mean, I picked the Mariners to make the playoffs at the beginning of the season. And, you know, the national media has overlooked the Mariners, uh, you know, all year long. And I think finally now uh, 
just because the Yankees were hoping to get Castillo and he went to the Mariners, something might have clicked in their mind. You know what? This team's not bad. This team is loaded with talent. No, that's if a good team. Just not, if they'd have just got Julio Rodriguez to not play in the stupid home run derby, they they they'd be rolling right now. But but no, they 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 they're finished with the Astros. Uh, they got one more series left with the Yankees, and uh, and they just won two out of three in New York. Uh, it would not surprise me, you know, if the Mariners finish with the third best record in the American League when this is all over with. Yeah, it wouldn't either, and I, I think that they're going to be. They have become a formidable foe with Castillo because, especially in a three game and a five game series, if you see him twice, he's going to be tough to beat. I agree, and and especially when you look at the Yankees, you know that their pitching is it, it, they pitch a little bit above their head, better yeah. than I thought, especially the bullpen. I mean, going into the season, you know, I've been pretty high on the Yankees and picking them pretty far the last few years because I've always thought their bullpen was like a cut above, and it was. But I think the, I think the Yankees pitched above their heads in the first few months, and it's starting to show. Yeah, and I think that uh, I think they may have tinkered with their offense a little too much. I, it's we'll, we'll see. I, I don't know. I don't know what Harrison Bader gets them, but it, look, I'm a White Sox fan. We did nothing. We're a game in it. We're two games back, and we did nothing on trade deadline. So I'm glad to see anybody doing anything. <laughs> Can anybody figure out the White Sox? I, I can't. I believe they are an underachieving team based on their manager. That's what I would say. That their manager allows them to sleepwalk through the games. And they don't seem interested. They don't seem interested. I'm not a, I've never been a Tony Larusa guy, and or at least for years I haven't been. I never under no one understood that hiring and that hiring. I, don't know, I, still, I still think they're too talented, and it wouldn't shock me. I, I, I'm telling you, if I'm a Yankee fan, I know the Yankee fans and the Yan- and the national media. They already got the Astros and the Yankees and the ALCS, and that's why they play the game. If I'm a Yankee fan. I'm praying that the Guardians or that the Twins uh, or the team they play because the Twins, the Yankees own the Twins. The yeah, Twins were intimidated by the Yankees. They have zero chance of beating the Yankees. Yeah, none. The Guardians ain't afraid of the Yankees. No, uh, and they they yeah, got the, they so got they the pitching to shut you they down. They don't face the Guardians in the playoffs. No, I don't. I, and the White Sox have beaten the Yankees in the last series they played them. I, I think that you're right about the Twins. The Twins just don't show up for the Yankees. They're just intimidated just, by them. But the, I don't know the, what it. Is. The Guardians, the Guardians in a playoff series with that pitching, they can shut you down for three games. Yes, and uh, they've done it before. They beat the Yankees recently in yeah. a playoff series. And if Ramirez gets hot, then 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 they become super dangerous. And then the thing about them is they don't make mistakes. All right, I want to ask you this: going into L- UL camp today, um, every, uh, the three the three high colleges we talk about: McNeese, LSU. Um, and, and UL, all similar situations. New coaches, new quarterbacks. We know who, who they want to have as a quarterback at LSU is probably Miles Brennan. At McNeese, it's probably going to be Cam Ransom that they would want to have. Who does UL want to have to be their quarterback? Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't know if – I mean, I don't really think they, they have a, a serious preference because – the, the the thing that's so difficult about this decision is other now one's taller than you know Woolridge is taller than Cam, than Chandler Fields, but their skill sets are not that different. Both of them are capable. They're not runners, but they're capable of running if you need them to run. Uh, Chandler's arm is probably a little stronger. 
Cameron's a, I mean, I keep calling him Cameron. Chandler's a little bit more of a, of a gunslinger. Ben's more of a, okay, this is what the coaches want me to do. Buy the book guy. I'm going to do it exactly like it's supposed to be done. And so I kind of feel like I, I, going into the spring, I thought it was going to be Chandler. But now, if you ask me to guess, not knowing about injuries, they haven't even, you know, they don't start August practice till tomorrow. I kind of feel like it's going to be Ben for some reason. I didn't feel that way in the spring, but I, my guess is going to be. But I, I don't think there's enough of a difference for them to say I want this guy over this guy because I think they look at him as like the same. Yeah. Um, when we did a poll question today, and we asked what coach has the highest pressure on them taking over a new job. I thought it would be pretty easily be Brian Kelly, but the vote has been in, and it, it's Coach D. Um, wh- where do you where do you think there is? Is that because they were eleven and one? And what do you think he's going to do as he steps in? Because there's now some uh, kind of expectations at UL. Well, I, I think the reason why that is is because I mean. I guess there's some old-school LSU fans that just hate Notre Dame, and I, I understand hating Notre Dame. But <laughs> there is no there is no questioning Brian Kelly's credentials. I mean, you know, he, he's a highly respected coach, and, and you just had Yosemite Sam as your head coach and Elmer <laughs> Fudd before that. So, I mean, how are you going to – I mean, how are you going to question the hire of Brian Kelly? So, I don't know that there's as much pressure on him. I think the reason why there's some pressure on on Coach Dez is just because there's an element of the fan base out there that are like, well, you didn't do good enough in this job. You didn't go, you know, we have this idea that the grass is greener on the other side. And so you need, they, they'd have been more comfortable with picking some coach they never heard of from some ACC, uh, OC position, whatever, than to hire a young guy within who, who, who was coaching high school not that long ago. Because you know, there's a fan, there's a part of the fan base that just can't wait for that first game and, and that first loss, and then they're going to say, "You see, I told you he shouldn't have been the coach." And so I think that's why there's some pressure on him. Yeah, it's, that's interesting that uh, the the fan base is like that because I would have thought the fan base would have been, "Hey, we have this thing going pretty well. Let's keep it going with a guy who's local." who's done that, but you're saying that you think a lot of people wanted to bring somebody in just because it was a, a high-name profile place he came from. Well, I'm not saying it's over 50% or, like, the majority. Yeah. No, I think there's I think there's plenty of Cajun fans who, who who think the same, what you just said. I'm saying I think there's an element, I don't think it's over 50%, that, you know, they, they, they had this idea, you know, when you've never really been in the top 25, and you're now in the top 25 a couple of years in a row, and you finish in the top 25 a couple of years in a row. You feel like, man, we're we're like we've reached a certain level. We need to be going out and get one of these national kind of more high profile coaches. And Coach Des was not that, but I, 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 I think I like the continuity that the continuity approach that the Cajuns took and that the Saints took. And nationally, it's not, it's not, it's being frowned upon. Like all the national guys are down on the Saints because, you know, they had Sean Payton, Casper the Quitter, and now they got this guy. I mean, they're in trouble now. And I think a lot of, some people are thinking that about the Cajuns. But uh, I think long term that they both made the right move. You call him Casper the Quitter? Yes. <laughs> Excellent. That's what he did. He quit. How can you retire when you're planning on coaching the next year? That's not a retirement. I, just, I, I never heard that. I didn't hear you say that. Okay. Uh, 
I, I enjoyed that one. <laughs> um, now you caught me offline with that. I, uh, I guess my, I did, I did want to go here with you. In what do you tell people from Lake Charles that you've seen UL grow up from FCS to FBS, or back then it was one double A, and seen them become this kind of national attention team? And obviously they have aspirations to do that. What do you tell them, and then what is your warning to them? Because it's not going to be – you didn't get here just showing up. It took a lot of things to get here and a lot of pain to get here. What do you tell them? You talking about McNeese fans? Yeah. Well, you know, I I, I, I try to pride myself. I don't know prize the right word. I try to tell my – I am not a sports elitist. I don't like the sports elitist mentality. You know, I have I've never you know I grew up not liking Nice. I grew up in Lafayette and, and went to UL and pulled for the Cajuns my whole life. So I'm not saying I like McNeese or root for McNeese on a yeah. regular basis, but I've never looked down on McNeese like so many UL fans in the past did. So I've always respected them because most of my life in football, McNeese crushed the Cajuns. Let's be honest, <laughs> they just they own the Cajuns, and so um, and so I I just think you got to. Figure out where where your place is going to be. You know, I, if I'm McNeese or any any team at that level, like I don't know if anybody knows where we're going to be ten years from from now. But if we're going to be if we're going to be where all the superpowers are competing for one national championship and all the upper echelon uh, FCS teams are going to be competing for another a second national championship with all the mid majors right now. Then you just got to get yourself in position to, if that happens, that you're ready to take advantage of. Yeah, that's and that's what I've always said is it may be a situation where they can't leap into FCS, FBS, but it may be they want to position themselves to where they're at least a viable candidate to go up when everybody else shifts. I I agree because there's a shift coming again. We're going to have another major shift and. You, yeah, you I think don't, you're right. You don't want to be left in the third tier because then I, I don't know what that tier is going to look like. There's not going to be a whole well, lot of money in that tier. <laughs> that's for it's sure. going to be like Division Two is right now. Yeah, and that, and that's you know there's not a lot of attention going on. You take away the the Dakota thing that that gives you the national and some dynasty stuff. There's not a lot of attention on FCS. It's it's no. I'm talking about that the lower. The ones that are left, like I think yeah. the upper, you know, like the James Madisons of the world going b- before this year now that they're in this, that group of teams is going to be fine. But the lower level ones are going to be like legitimate Division Two. Yeah, they're right going to go to Division Two. Double A, but Division Two. They're, no, they're going to go Division Two. That's what I've always said is, does, yeah. does McNeese want to position itself with the ULs and Monroes and Techs, or do they want to position themselves with Northwestern State? Because right. that's what it's going to come down you, to. Yes. That's what it's coming down to. So, yeah, I, that's – all right, I want to ask you this then. And what is – before we get you out of here and you have to come do your own show, what is success for the Cajuns this year? Uh, I think winning the division. Uh, I think that, you know, obviously if you win the division, if you get to that point, then you want to win the conference championship. But but I, I think winning the division is success. And if they don't, I think a lot of people are going to be upset. And, you know, the thing I've said from day one, I, I'm a baseball man. I, I think of things a lot of times through baseball. The Cajuns have played 14, and we're going to talk about this over and over and over again. They've played 14 one-score games over the last two years, and they're 13-1. and one. 
my baseball brain says that cannot continue. And so that's my biggest concern. I think this team's going to be fine. I don't think they're going to play it. My, my, my two biggest concerns is they're going to turn over the ball more, and they're 13-1 and one in those 14 games because they don't turn over the football. And so I'm worried that in their effort to, to hit more big plays, they're going to turn it over more and therefore lose more of those one-score games. I don't think they're going to play at much lower of a level at all. But that doesn't mean they're going to they're going to win more games because they're due to lose some one score games. Yeah, that's true. I, we'll see what happens. Kevin Foot, thank you for your time. Uh, just stick around. We'll, you'll hear Foot on footnotes in just a few minutes. This is the game. One hundred three. This is the game. One hundred three seven Lafayette. One hundred four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Final minutes here on Thursday. Hannah, what's the poll say? The poll says which, which coach will have a harder first year. Uh, still securing the win would be Coach Dez at 42%, followed by Brian Kelly at 32%, with Gary Goff at 17 and St. Dennis Allen at 9 Okay. And I actually have one comment for you. Uh-oh. Technically. It says definitely UL. It's from Ralph. It says definitely UL based on their recent success. The fan base also seemed to be split with the Dez hire. A lot of fans were clamoring for a, in quotes, bigger name. But golf will have to face the scathing questions of Jim Gazzolo in parentheses wearing shorts in his pressers. Wow. What, what, who is that from? Does it have a name? Ralph. Who? Ralph. Wow. Yep. I think, went, I think of him, I think of like that is a good, Ralph. <laughs> that is a good point, though. I do. Uh, I do you wear scathing well, questions, and you now, wear shorts. Now, let's be honest. In his post football games at night, I will not be wearing shorts. I did wear shorts to home games last year for the noon start times because the they put us in the cowboy club because there is no press box and. Um, it wasn't always well air conditioned. So I felt early in the year I should wear shorts in the 100 degree heat of the Cowboy Club. Oh. But, but you did also say at the beginning of the week that you don't like pants. I don't like to wear pants. No. I prefer I like to wear like my brother. He hates wearing pants too. I can't stand I prefer wearing to, pants. Uh, I, prefer, I prefer to wear shorts. That's. How's I mean, that? you get the, the, the movement of the well, air. Well, I just, you know. <laughs> we're, 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 Goff's press conferences are outdoors mostly. Uh, it's it, it's not a press conference. It's me. Uh, it's me and the guy from KPLC. So wearing shorts seems to be okay. Yes. Ah, wow. Wow. I don't know who Ralph is, but he knows me too well. I mean, again, you did say at the beginning of the week, don't like wearing pants. That's so. true. That is true. I don't know if I have scathing questions, though. The game, 1037-104-1, Lake Charles Lafayette. We'll see you tomorrow.